All right, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 526. And we're recording live uh, on July the 20th. Uh, Brianna, how are you? What's going on? I'm good. I'm back from my vacation. Um, You know how they say like you need a vacation from your vacation. That is definitely true, especially when you have kids. You guys know what I'm talking about. But um, I'm good, you know, I'm back in Pennsylvania for one more week and then I'm moving into our new house in New York. So very excited about that. Just excited to get settled. Um, but yeah, like the summer is flying by and, you know, I feel like I haven't had much of a summer yet. So I'm excited to maybe get settled and do something, you know, normal, like go to the pool or a baseball game. Yeah. You were well, playing some get, baseball. Now you got huh? the Yankees and the Mets. <laughs> so you're gonna have to pick no i don't and you don't have to pick just because i live there i can still be a braves fan i know that can't change <laughs> yeah well, well you, you'll get more chance of the braves playing the mets right so there you go that's true so you played some softball though huh uh yeah so we started our uh our softball season last week and so that was fun to just kind of get out and run around and yeah so i'm uh i'm happy that uh, we're finally allowed to do that again here so yeah, it's uh, it's late happening, but it's happening. That's that's the main thing. So um, all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've got a uh, a good show for you this week. Four stories uh, that we want to uh, walk you through, and I'll let Aubriana start us off with um, I think uh, an interesting announcement. Um, go ahead. Yeah, actually, really, um, I like this story. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Yelp has launched an audience platform. Uh, so, you know, traditionally we think of Yelp as being more of like a down funnel, really leading consumers directly to purchase in that moment, you know, where I'm looking for the nearest coffee shop or I'm looking for a salon in the area, you know, I'm new to, and I want to get the ratings and see like what people have to say about it or a new restaurant, something like that. Um, I actually do use Yelp quite often when I'm looking for new food to try in a, in a new area or when I'm on vacation and I want to find, you know, a good smoothie place or whatever. Um, so I think that this is, um, an interesting thing that I'm wondering, like, why did it take them so long to do this? Uh, but really what they've done is they have launched this platform. It's a, it's called Yelp audiences, and this is really empowering brands to be able to reach consumers off the Yelp platform. So this is based on behaviors, purchasing intents, all of those things that they can gather within the Yelp platform. So they know that I am searching for coffee or I'm searching for salons. And so they can put me and a bunch of other people who are doing the same thing and have these same exhibit, these same behaviors um, into a category for an audience. Um, and then they can segment those, right? So this segment, they can have, you know, this type of interest-based, category-based search terms, all of those different things. Um, and then they can uh, activate those on their DSP of choice. So they're integrating with a few DSPs, um, you know, but really this is about creating that audience and then being able to connect with them on different digital platforms. They mention, you know, connected TV, obviously being, you know, kind of low-hanging fruit, high intent audiences, um, obviously are more valuable to these brands. And so that they, there's a stat that was mentioned that I thought was very interesting. It said, um, on average, 90% of people make a purchase within a week after visiting Yelp. So that's obviously a very, you know, a high, a high amount, um, there. So that's 
enabling brands to be more effective. I think this really makes a lot of sense because there is very a lot a lot of context. And um, what's also interesting is they are not just making this location based. So it could be location based, right? Where you have that location that's involved in, and really Yelp has been very location you know, specific and um, how we use the app most times or the platform or, you know, their, their web-based offering. But now this is where, let's say it's Starbucks and they just want to look for coffee lovers and they want to do a national Starbucks coffee campaign. This is allowing them to reach all those coffee lovers, um, you know, directly. So, you know, they are, they are delivering this through um, third-party DSP. So they're not creating their own DSP. It's just the, the platform probably to like sort and segment the audience. And then you push that to the DSP of choice, probably similar to what we did back, you know, at gather lab and, and how we had the platform that would, you know, create and sort and segment the audiences. The technology behind this is not necessarily new. Um, but it makes a lot of sense. Like the contact, the contextual element of these audiences, um, I think is really powerful. And I can see a lot of brands wanting to to bring this in and um, and work with these audiences. So that's my take. I think it's a great business decision and excited to see how that grows. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a great decision as well. I think, um, you know, in the sort of new world that we're in around, you know, sort of getting harder and harder to, you know, pull location data from SDKs because of the IDFA and Google Ad ID, uh, you know, privacy changes and so on. Uh, I think you're going to see more, you know, sort of closed ecosystem type of platforms like Yelp and others, you know, really realize, hey, you know, there's there's something valuable we have in our data, in our understanding of our customers, where they go, the brands that they frequent, the categories that they frequent, the geo data associated with that, and start to open that up, you know, for third party, you know, ad targeting, right? So it's not just you know, as you pointed out, they've been doing this for a long time with, you know, as far as advertising, you know, goes within the platform, but now to sort of open up the data to external ad targeting through DSPs and, and however you want to activate on that, I think makes a ton of sense, right? And I think you're going to see a bunch of different players like Yelp uh, sort of, you know, get into this space to sort of fill that gap that's coming now uh as some of the data on the other side starts to disappear or become harder to 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 sort of get your hands on so yeah i i like it i think um you know obviously uh you know we're somewhat close to to yelp through uh through devon uh, devon and uh you know what they do on the wi-fi side of things with uh you know sort of understanding you know sort of audience analytics of people who are going into those restaurants that have you know, the Wi-Fi offering um, and are sort of connecting that way, you know, that's just one input into a platform like this, right? Um, you know, that really helps you understand the, the bigger picture of what's going on. So I, I quite like it. I think it's a, it's, you know, it's got lots of potential and it's a strong offering, you know, from, uh, from a pretty strong player. So look for more. Yeah, I I would just add one more thing. And that would be that I think the approach of going direct integration into the DSPs is the right approach. Approach there, you know, they could have easily put their put their audiences on a live ramp or something, but they chose to to go the direct integration approach for a privacy, you know, from a privacy standpoint. I think that's the right move, and I'm sure that those integrations they take a lot longer to build into. But you know, I think that in terms of the long term scalability and um, you know how it will withstand things is is probably the right move. So um, I think from you know, the technical aspect in terms of how they set this up is probably the right way to go about it as well. 
There you go. All righty. On to our second story now. So we're flying over to the UK uh, to talk about a new partnership between Airbnb and what three words. Now, um, most people who've been following the LVMA for you know years will know who what three words is. Uh, they're a, com- a UK-based company that um, basically has come up with a new sort of geocoding, a new way to do addressing, replacing postal code, zip code, uh, you know, with a unique identifier based on three words, uh, as their name says. And really, you know, in the early days, this is a company that was, you know, sort of really focused on helping nonprofits and NGOs and, you know, these types of organizations sort of you know, get goods to a geographic location, you know, in the middle of a jungle or, you know, someplace that doesn't have an address and creating an address, you know, for such a place. And what we're seeing now is sort of a, a real mainstreaming of, of sort of their offering. You know, they've, they've done a lot of work in the last number of years of integrating what three words into car navigation systems, you know, teaming up with major manufacturers, um, you know, around that. And now this Airbnb one is kind of interesting because, you know, what's become obvious as we sort of come out of COVID right now, not just in the UK where this is happening, but across the world, you know, this year is going to be, this summer is, is a, is a summer of, you know, the state, the staycation. There's not a lot of international travel happening yet. People are exploring their local, you know, country more and what's happening in the UK. And I'm sure this is happening all over the place is, um, you know, sort of new tourist destinations are popping up um, in the middle of nowhere. Like, and, and so the way they describe this partnership with what uh, with uh, Airbnb is to say, look, um, you know, maybe there's that you know vineyard, and now they want to sort of open up like a a place to stay in the middle of the field, or you know, uh, you know those kinds of things that don't have normally wouldn't have a fixed address, right? That you could you know sort of identify. And so all of these sort of uh, emerging remote locations, if you will, um, you know, become addressable through something like what three words. And then, you know, obviously the partnership is that Airbnb is listing these properties, you know, so all of a sudden there's this sort of new set of properties appearing on Airbnb in the UK. They can be found, um, you know, through what three words, you can navigate to them, you know, through your, your, your GPS app, whatever you're using for that. And you can find that destination. So, it's to me, it's a no-brainer. It makes a ton of sense. I think you know, uh, if you're in the business of providing, you know, a destination, you know, on Airbnb, all of a sudden, you know, there's a whole new world open to you of you know, sort of segmenting, yeah, you know, your property. Like I, I was looking at uh, something on Instagram the other day. I don't remember the name of it, but somebody had uh, you know one of those sort of giant lavender fields. Um, you know, and they cut like a strip, you know, down the middle of it, like quite a wide strip down the middle of it. And then they set up like socially distanced tables for people to book to come and have dinner in the middle of a lavender field, you know, so, you know, romantic, you know, night out with your loved one, whatever. Um, which I think is kind of cool. Um, but think about that as, you know, that's the destination, right? Like that's the, you know, the, the what three words location that you're booking. And having those kinds of things available on Airbnb, um, I think becomes interesting. So um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I don't have a lot more to say about it. I, I think it's, it's a no brainer. And, and uh, I think you're gonna see similar things pop up all over the world, not just in the UK. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, it could be like fire festival, except you actually get to go. Um, <laughs> I think this is great. You know, speaking of Instagram, I was looking at um, a friend of mine's. She's been posting a lot of pictures, so she's been kind of taking a trip cross country on her own, you know, and staying with like staying at all these amazing places that, like you said, you know, are kind of they're really off the map, like in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and these really um architecturally beautiful little they might have been like stables at one point and now they're a place to stay or you know very um i don't know like plant-based you know um like communities that are that are like have all these specialty restaurants and it's like very you know very um bespoke and so i'm like how is she finding those places and that's kind of the question that this is almost answering, right? Like, how do you find these really unique experiences? Um, and how do we, you know, kind of branch out where we are? Uh, you know, it, it just makes you realize like there's so much of our own countries that we haven't really experienced and seen. And there's a lot that can that can happen even if you can't go, um, you know, outside of the walls of your country at this, at this point. So um, I like this, I think it makes sense. Uh, like you said, it's a no brainer. Yeah. And, and on that note, like as a, as a Canadian that's been, you know, locked down and our border, even to our friends, you know, in the, in the U.S. has been closed since March of 2020. Uh, it's a long time. Uh, they just announced yesterday that the, uh, the border will open on August 9th. Uh, so Americans who are fully vaccinated can come to Canada now. So there you go. Um, so get ready. Yeah, for that. <laughs> Uh, Brianna, we're waiting to see you here in Toronto. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's time. I need to go back to um, a Blue Jays game, right? There you go. Yeah. I think um, we've already played our games against the Braves for this year, though. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. That's so. all right. Anyways, all right. So your next story. Next story. Let's go over to Paris. TBWA. Uh, you know, we we hear a lot of the work that they do with some of the fun and outlandish, you know, McDonald's advertising that they do in Paris. But this is actually some work that they did for a nonprofit that it's an organization called Hands Away. Um, and so they have this campaign that they launched. It's called Fearless Night. It's a safety campaign. And obviously, like many other areas, Paris has been on lockdown for quite a while with COVID, but it is coming out of that now and bars and restaurants are opening. People are ready to get out uh, to an extent. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of like those beautiful kind of winding streets that you find in Paris during the day are also, you know, dark and like maybe a little bit scary at night and not well lit up. So this is, um, it, it's all about illumination, no showmanship, no like crazy things. This campaign is about illumination, literally. And when I read that illumination, all I could think of was the beginning of the Minions movie, but that's besides the point. Okay. <laughs> I digress. So the, the video for this campaign actually says that 26% of women and gender minorities are often um, avoiding going out at night because they're, you know, they're fearful of what could happen. Um, you know, maybe it's fun to be out at a restaurant or bar, like when you are around other people and it's well lit, but then as you have to walk home, um, you know, and maybe transportation, all the transportation options are still like a little bit, uh, you know, off from what they used to be. Um, there, there's a lot of challenges. So the Fearless Night, it's simple, basically from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m., these billboards that are all over Paris, they get 20% brighter. So they're like these beacons of light, they're illuminating the areas 
they are, you know, outside of the train stations and bus stops and, you know, any areas that they have these digital screens and they're extremely bright. So they're light, lighting up the, the night. So I think it's really, um, I like this. It's super simple. There's nothing crazy about it, but it's nice that they're thinking about how can we encourage people to safely get out more? How can we make people feel, you know, that it's okay to, to kind of venture out? And I think people are fearful in general, general right now, right? We've had a lot of fear of, of, you know, our health and our safety and, you know, beyond even just COVID, there's been a lot of, of, um, you know, political and social uprisings that have happened that have made people feel very, uh, very much in fear. So I, I like the idea of cutting through that fear and just, you know, bringing light and, and letting people know like, Hey, it's okay to get back out there. Like we can do this. So I like this, um, a lot, very simple, nothing too crazy. Um, but yeah, that's good. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to add to it. I, I think it's it's smart marketing. I think it, it really is something that positions them and, and the brand well as, you know, doing good, helping out uh, in tough times, trying to encourage people, you know, to, I, I think it serves two purposes, right? Like people want to get back out. We've been in lockdown for a long time. And, and you know, there is that fear of, of going out. Um, you know, at night, especially, you know, because it's dark and so on. But, but I think that, um, you know, if you're in the out of home industry, like, like these guys are right, you know, I'm guessing I don't have any hard numbers on this, but I'm, I, you know, anecdotally, we can say that, you know, advertising uh, dollars and spend, you know, has probably been affected significantly by COVID because people aren't out on the streets, right? If, if you don't have foot traffic and you don't have cars driving by these billboards and these, these digital signs, you know, you're not, you're not commanding the dollars that you can in terms of eyeballs, right? So I think, you know, anything you can do uh, to encourage people to get back out and to do it in a way that is positioned as, hey, we're, we're helping, we wanna see the economy recover, we wanna bring some light to the darkness, um, you know, I think makes a ton of sense. So, so I like it. So, and, and I like that they, you know, it's the simplicity of it, you know, 9 PM to 7 AM when it's, you know, darker, we're going to increase the, you know, the, the light output by 20% on those screens and just kind of shine a light into, into those areas. I, you know, I, it doesn't take a lot to do that. Right. Um, and uh, so, so I, I like it for them as a, as a brand positioning piece. And I like it for, you know, sort of what it can do to maybe encourage people to kind of get back out and, and feel safe and, and want to you know, explore their city again. Yep. All right. On to our final story now. So sort of sticking a little bit with it, with the out of home space, uh, there's a company called image holders uh, and they've launched a touchless kiosk platform in partnership with a technology company called Ultra Leap. And so this one's kind of interesting to me, you know, kind of playing on, you know, COVID and, you know, sort of the, all the issues around germs and touching things and, and uh, you, know, you know, just people wanting everything to be sanitized and all of that. I, I think, um, you know, timing for technology like this becomes really interesting. And so essentially what they've done is launched this touchless self-serve kiosk platform, and it uses UltraLeap's hand tracking camera technology. So essentially you see a screen, there's you know, something to interact with on the, on the screen on the kiosk, and then using um, you know, sort of uh, hand and finger gesture motion 
you can control and manipulate things on the kiosk screen without actually touching it. So it's using camera and computer vision to basically see where you're pointing and, and how you're moving about your hands uh, and picking up on that. So you can type things on a you know, sort of virtual keyboard. You can select uh, things. You can scroll, navigate you know, through the kiosk, all using sort of mid-air gestures without ever having to touch the screen. So, you know, I, I think this is, you know, like if, if we look at movies going back, you know, science, sci-fi movies going back, you know, 10 years, 20 years, you know, you saw, you saw things like this um, sort of portrayed. And now, you know, this technology is just here, you know, uh, movement and hand gesture technology has been around for a little while. Um, but to kind of see it sort of come into uh, everyday life in, in a kiosk or, or something like that, I think it makes a ton of sense. I could see applications for this, obviously, in banking, you know, you go to your ATM machines, you know, all those kinds of things, you know, make a ton of sense to me to not have to touch anything. Um, I know our, our local uh, bank that I use here, you know, they upgraded all their machines last year sometime. And um, now I can just tap my card to log in. Uh, I don't have to like key in my passcode or anything like that. It, it uses the tap technology. But I think for something like this that might be informational, like think about those, you know, those uh, information kiosks inside of a shopping mall that have the map of where all the stores are and all those kinds of things. If again, if you don't have to touch that and you can just scroll and do this and, and you know, key in the name of the brand you're looking for virtually in the air, if you will. I think there's a lot of great applications for this. So I, I think technology wise, I'm excited about it. I think the timing is fantastic, obviously, given kind of where COVID has put us. Um, and so, yeah, I, I expect we're going to see a lot of image holder kiosks out there and, and Ultraleap's going to be getting all kinds of uh, requests for their technology from other vendors as well. What are your thoughts? Well, you know what, uh, my first thought is, you know, when you go like travel and well, when we used to travel and you would go uh, to the airport restroom and then they have these little signs, like as you're exiting the restroom to happy say, like, how was your experience today? You know, happy face, sad face, yeah. like in the middle. And I'm like, okay, first of all, the last place that I'm about to touch any screen is outside the bathroom. That to me is like just asking for just lots of gross germs. So um, it's not that I don't have an opinion on how the bathroom was, but trust me, I have an opinion about everything. You know this by now, uh, but you know, it's like, I'm not touching that. So why don't, you know, this is perfect implementation for something like that, right? Quick surveys, uh, you know, how was your experience? Like how clean were the restrooms? Nobody wants to touch the sign there. Um, and I like that you're talking about high traffic places, the mall directions, anything like that, you know. Even those I, check-in at the airport. Right. Like where you, where, yes. you, where you check in, like, you know, and get your boarding pass printed out or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a germaphobe, but I think that for me, I think more about like my children. Right. Because they're not, you know, they're not conscious about like, oh, I just touched this. I need to go sanitize my hands or I need to wash my hands. And, you know, I, I definitely think that some, a little bit of germs is okay for kids. It's good. It gives them a healthy immune system, but like that kind of stuff is like, well, you just don't know where, like, it's not like playing in the dirt, you know, this is yeah. like a lot of bacteria and sharing things that we just don't want to be sharing, especially right now. So I love this. I do think that we're going to see um, this picked up a lot and I don't know. I want to try it. It sounds cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. So already, well, that's our show for this week. Uh, four stories that we wanted to, uh, to walk you through. 
Uh, you've been listening and watching episode number 526 of Location Weekly. Thank you, everybody, for your time. Uh, please reach out if you have story ideas. We'd love to try and include them. And, uh, you know, give us some likes, some feedback on whatever podcast platform, social media platform you're picking this up on. And uh, we'll see you next week. Gabriana won't be here next week. She'll, she'll be moving into her new place but um, we'll have a special guest co-host uh, coming back on the show to, uh, to, uh, to do this with me next week. So, and then we'll see our brand in two weeks. Yes. Anyway, have a have great a week, everybody. Um, stay safe, stay well, and enjoy your summer. All right. Bye. Bye.